Thank you for joining the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Northwestern Division for today's Missouri River Basin Water Management Conference call. We plan to host monthly calls through early June. The next call will be held Tuesday, May 8 at 1 p.m. Central Time. In lieu of April calls, we will be holding public meetings across the basin April 17 through 19. If basin conditions warrant an ad hoc call due to an unexpected change, we will notify the region of the additional call. These calls are provided as a courtesy to congressional representatives, tribal, state, and local government officials, and the media. I am Eileen Williamson, and I will be moderating today's call. The slides from today's call are available on our website at www.nwd-mr.usace.army.mil/rcc, and they are also linked in today's press release. These calls are recorded and placed on the Defense Video and Imagery Distribution System at www.dvidshub.net search for USACE-NWD. Your participation in today's call acknowledges your consent to be recorded. All lines have been placed on mute during this call. To unmute your call, your line, to ask a question, press star six. Please be aware that the forced mute function does not work on all phones, so if I ask, please use your phone's own mute function rather than place it on hold. We will have a question and answer session at the end of the call. Calls for questions will not be part of the recording if no questions are asked. For the convenience of our media representatives, the final slide in this presentation includes each speaker's name, title, and contact information. The agenda and presenters for today's call are as follows. Doug Cluck from NOAA's National Center for Environmental Information, Kevin Lau from the National Weather Service, Missouri Basin River Forecast Center, and Mr. John Remus, Chief of the Army Corps of Engineers, Missouri Basin Water Management Division, along with members from his staff, will provide an update on the current reservoir operations, runoff forecast, and support to other authorized purposes. We'll move to slide two, and Doug Cluck will provide his update. Hi, right, can you hear me? Sure can. All right. Uh, thanks for the introduction, and uh, thanks for the Corps uh, for bringing this together. Uh, I'm going to give a sort of a climate overview of uh, the situation and an outlook, uh, more or less, for the next three months or so, uh, focused on the Missouri Basin, of course. Uh, we can see here, uh, over the last 30 days, if you look at the chart on the left, you'll see that uh, the map shows most of the Missouri Basin in there, and those are temperatures and departures from normal. You can see that uh, up in uh, Montana, they've had, uh, or you've had, if you're there, a heck of a winter in terms of temperature. It's uh, It's been anywhere from 15 to 20 degrees or more below normal for you uh, in the last 30 days. Uh, in other words, brutal. Uh, as you kind of move south and east into the uh, uh the basin, you'll see that uh, we're kind of transition to a, a green and lighter green. Those are five to ten degrees below normal over the last uh, 30 days. And where you see yellow, uh, those are those are temperatures that are slightly above normal over the last 30 days. So, um, looking at the precipitation <clears throat> over that same time period, last 30 days, 
You see pretty much uh, Montana having um, an abundance of precipitation, uh, well above normal there, uh, and sort of normal all the way through South Dakota um, and, and east, uh, a little bit below normal still in Kansas. Uh, we're kind of repeating same things we, we said the last month, actually. Um, southwest Kansas into uh, central and uh, eastern Nebraska all shows sort of a, a deficit, and in, actually into uh, uh, southern Wyoming there a little bit, with a few areas in Colorado reaching near normal. Next slide. Okay, last three months. Uh, pretty much the same pattern. I won't go into great detail about that, but uh, the cold has been sort of stuck since late December over uh, most of this region. Uh, much below normal, I would say, over the Montana upper reaches of the uh, Missouri Basin and then uh, pretty much above normal in Colorado uh, and out into the plains there, but generally below normal, slightly below normal, if you will, as you travel uh, more south and east into the basin. Then in terms of precipitation and the percent of normal, wherever you see green to uh, green to purple and everything in between uh, is above normal. So quite, quite a good snowpack, if you will, over Montana and portions of Wyoming, um, over this region. Now, the only thing I'll say about the Plains region, uh, not the mountains, but the Plains region of Montana is uh, it doesn't take much uh, precipitation to be above normal, but this is a fairly substantial snowpack nonetheless over that part of uh, that part of the uh, that part of the basin, I should say. Next slide. Okay, um, focusing on uh, sort of the eastern uh, part uh, basins, if you will. Uh, mostly the Rockies here. You'll see uh, up in Montana um, percentages of normal, what we call sweet snow water equivalent. Uh, if you melted all the snow down, uh, this is what this is what you'd have left in in terms of inches. But the percentage of that uh, you can see is fairly high. In the uh, uh, the dark purples are anything are over 150 percent of normal. Uh, the light blues are oh somewhere between 100. 30 to 150 percent. So, snowpack in the Montana very good, uh, very uh, sort of about well well above normal. As you travel down into Wyoming, you see that uh, snowpacks start lessening quite a bit, and as soon as you get into Colorado, they are below normal for the most part. Uh, the map on the right is a much smaller version of the situation uh, last month around this time. So February 5th or 6th, and you saw that uh, snowpack has continued to increase for the most part through most of those uh, most of those basins. Uh, pretty much good for uh, not having to worry about uh, the main 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 stem and tributaries, at least those that reach into the mountains uh, in the northern plains. Next uh, slide, northern Rockies, I should have said. Okay, and so here's the snowpack across the plains. This, again, is something we call snow water equivalent. So if you melt it all down in a column, you, this, is how much, um, this is how many inches, if you look on the right, how many inches of water you get out of that snow. Um, uh, last month, we sort of reported uh, the area in, in, in the Dakotas was pretty light in terms of uh, snow water equivalent and uh, much below normal. Here we're seeing... A little bit of an increase in that. Still, nothing to write home about. A few areas of two to four inches, uh, but nothing uh, uh, worrisome or, or overly substantial. As you move west, though, into uh, Montana, you'll see 
uh, a deeper, deeper colors of blue, if you can see that. Um, my good friend Kevin Grody says he can't see these colors, but uh, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll just tell you that uh, all the plains areas across eastern Montana show at least two to four, if not four to six inches over uh, uh, a large area, except for the northeast corner of uh, Montana, where the drought sort of still continues. Next slide. So here's an outlook for... Uh, We'll call it week two, not the, not the next seven days. However, I, just by the way, I didn't throw a map in here, but I just looked at the precipitation uh, over the next seven days for the Missouri Basin, and it looked relatively dry. No huge storm systems, no big uh, uh, rain or snow makers coming in the next seven days. And this is the next seven days following that, so really the 13th through the 19th of, of March. Uh, you'll see that uh, on the left, temperatures, for the most part, at least for the central part of the basin, uh, will be uh, or have a uh, tendency to be warmer than normal. If you head to the north and east or north and west, there's a slight chance of below normal temperatures in Montana. <clears throat> and I guess that's all I'd say about that. And in the uh, on the right, you see the perci- chances uh, of elevated or decreased precipitation. You'll see that there really is not a lot of uh, uh, prediction other than normal uh, in terms of precipitation, <clears throat> except for far western Montana uh, being slightly above normal chances of, of pre- above normal precipitation, and also the southwest portion of the basin, where um, in Kansas and Colorado, where there's a better chance for less than normal uh, precipitation. Next slide. Here's the look, outlook for the rest of March. Uh, again, uh, sort of a upper basin, lower basin issue here where we have a pretty good chance of below normal temperatures, which would not be too surprising for uh, Montana and surrounding areas uh, in terms of temperature. And then uh, slightly enhanced uh, um, chances for above normal temperatures all oh, from Sioux City south and east <clears throat> in the basin and south and west, actually. Uh, so most of the, the, the lower basin, um, better chances for above normal and much better chances for below normal upper basin. Precipitation uh, really shows, uh, in terms of the upper basin, there is a propensity towards better than normal or higher than normal precipitation, um, but not a strong indication there. <clears throat> As you move down into the basin a little bit further, uh, the far uh, let's say eastern part of the basin, better chances, slightly better chances for above normal precipitation. And then that huge uh, uh, area in the southwest kind of creeping up into the southwest again portion of the basin where it's already very, very dry um, to stay that way for the rest of March. Next slide. And then here's the three-month uh, outlook, March, April, and May. Uh, generally, uh, the temperature or the uh, uh, graphic on the left is temperature, and you see the, uh, chances for below normal temperatures still enhanced for Montana, eastern, western Dakotas. Uh, so lower than normal, below normal temperatures, better chances for that there. Um, much of the uh, sort of west central, south, west southwest. Uh, in southern part of the basin, better chances for above normal, though not extremely strong per, um, probabilities there. In terms of precipitation, uh, better chances up again. Uh, it's kind of repeating a broken record here. Better chances for above normal precipitation in uh, the upper reaches, Montana, across the Dakotas, slightly better chance for above normal precipitation. 
then that, that sort of EC region where there's equal chances of uh, below or above and then slightly below normal chances uh, for precipitation in the south and western part of the basin. Next slide. And just sort of a drought update very quickly. There's the large map in the lower left of the drought monitor and zooming that up a bit. And I, I sort of apologize, these uh, maps don't look so clean, but you get an idea there that uh, western Dakotas uh, still and in northeast Montana still have issues with drought. Uh, the time is coming that uh, spring rain should be uh, should be falling from between now and we'll say the end of May or so. And, and um, it's going to be an important time to watch that area in terms of drought and it, whether it increases or not. And I'd say the same thing to the south in Kansas, uh, Missouri, and Nebraska for that matter uh, to see how uh, spring rains uh, just sort of turn out mainly for agricultural needs and such down there, and as well as flooding and, 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 and such. Uh, and then the drought, uh, seasonal drought outlook on the right uh, shows that, uh, you know, there, in terms of the Climate Prediction Center's uh, predictions, they're sort of predicting areas in Montana and western South Dakota to get better. <clears throat> That's what that kind of green and gray uh, coloring means. And in terms of uh, the lower basin, uh, some of that some of that area that's still a little bit dry in um, Missouri and such is uh, in, in Kansas, for that matter, is uh, predicted to get better as well in terms of drought. In other words, less drought. So, I think one more slide. Yeah. So the key points uh, here are I haven't mentioned this yet, but uh, we're still in a La Nina situation. And uh, believe it or not, those graphics for the monthly and seasonal outlooks pretty much reflect a La Nina pattern, and we've been holding to that pretty well this year. Um, not a big, not a huge surprise there, other than um, other than it really uh, this this winter is stuck to a La Nina pattern um, very nicely. Uh, plain snowpack is still uh, is is I guess a little more widespread than last time, but relatively shallow, except. Uh, in Montana, where um, there are areas of uh, bigger areas of four to six inches of, of water on the ground, frozen, uh, and then mountain snowpack um, above to well above normal, uh, Montana and, and portions of Wyoming uh, still well below normal in Colorado and Point South. Uh, predictions: the La Nina will fade, thus the influence of La Nina. Uh, will fade uh, to neutral in the next three months. Um, the spring is likely to, con to, to be uh, continue cool in the north, better chances for that, and warm to the south, especially in the southwest. And precipitation leaning wet still in the northern basin and leaning uh, dry to the south and west. So that is a wrap as far as I'm concerned. Thank you, Doug. Uh, Kevin, you out there? I am, Eileen. All right, we can hear you well. I'm going to turn it to you. Okay, great. Thank you. And as Doug mentioned, we wish to thank the Corps for the invitation to uh, for NOAA to participate on these calls. Uh, as Doug just said, uh, snowpack conditions in the mountains do vary uh, from being well above average for the Missouri River Basin above Fort Peck, as well as in the Yellowstone, to being below average in the Platte uh, River system. In the South Platte. At this point in the winter, we have inflated approximately 80% of the water equivalent in the mountain. So, uh, we will, the, our office will issue uh, our water supply forecast for March 
uh, in the next couple of days, but I did take a look at some preliminary numbers, and we do uh, still indicate an above-average runoff year for the Missouri Basin above Fort Peck and in the Yellowstone. The North Platte is expected to produce a below-average runoff volume, and the South Platte is expected to be well below uh, the normal volume. Uh, again, as Doug mentioned, there is a significant snowpack in the plains of Montana, with three values commonly in the three to four inch range and even more in some areas. Uh, a lesser amount, typically below two inches, exists, uh, and this is all liquid equivalent, exists in North Dakota and the northern half of South Dakota. For much of the plains area, the warm and dry fall should actually help to reduce the probability, the extent, and the severity of springtime flooding. Long-range outlooks issued by our office last week do indicate the possibility of flooding this year. Some isolated flooding uh, is expected in the, in the mountainous, mountainous areas of Montana due to the heavy snowpack out there. However, this flooding is expected to be limited in severity and extent. Basins that could experience minor flooding in the state of Montana include the Sun, Boulder, and Clark's Fork, Yellowstone Rivers, and Clear Creek. Rain and snowmelt is currently causing high water along the Little Sioux and Big Sioux Rivers in Iowa. Snowmelt has already caused flooding this past weekend along the North Fork of the Elkhorn River in Nebraska. Melt aggravated by ice breakup jamming is occurring now along Ponca Creek in Northeast Nebraska. And as we progress further into the spring thaw season, we do expect river ice breakup to result in other instances of ice jam flooding. Uh, severity and exact locations can't be determined right now. Minor to moderate flooding has already occurred during the last two weeks in the state of Missouri due to rain. Uh, springtime flooding in the southeastern third of the basin is driven by thunderstorm activity, and this is typical, even in a dry um, uh, conditions. Episodic flooding in eastern Kansas, southern Iowa, southeastern Nebraska, and across the state of Missouri is expected to continue off and on throughout the spring due to thunderstorm activity. And again, this is all typical. And with that, uh, that concludes uh, the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you so much, Kevin, and I'll turn it over to you, John. <clears throat> yes, thank you, Eileen. Uh, hello, and thank you for joining us for the third Missouri River Basin Outlet Conference call for 2018. I'm John Remus, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division. I appreciate your participation. Look forward to working with you in the coming year. Flood control remains our primary consideration as we move into 2018. All of the flood water stored in the, an in the annual flood control zones was evacuated uh, on January 15, 2018. It is important to understand that floods can and will occur regardless of basin conditions, including ice-induced flooding during the winter and flooding due to spring and summer thunderstorms, particularly along the lower Missouri River Basin. Uh, I think uh, uh, Kevin just talked a little bit about that. Uh, in late December, we posted our final 2018 annual operating plan on our website. In it, we describe our planned operation of the reservoir system under a wide range of runoff conditions. It's important to note that the AOP is not intended to be a forecast for the coming year. Rather, it examines a range of potential runoff scenarios spanning 80% of the historic record 
and provide stakeholders an array of potential reservoir levels and releases that may be expected under various runoff scenarios. It also indicates how the reservoir system will be regulated to serve all eight congressionally authorized purposes to fulfill our responsibilities to the tribe and how we intend to comply with environmental law, including the Endangered Species Act. In contrast, real-time regulation of the reservoir system is done using the best available hydrologic and climatic information and is adjusted to respond to changing conditions on the ground. Each month, and more frequently if needed, we produce updated runoff and reservoir regulation forecasts. Last week, we posted the March runoff and reservoir regulation forecast on our webpage, and earlier today, we put out a press release covering much of the excuse me, same information that we are covering on the call today. Now I will ask two of the senior engineers in our office to describe these forecasts in more detail. We will begin with Nicole Shorney, who will discuss the updated 2018 runoff forecast. She will be followed by Mike Swinson, who will discuss the planned regulation of the reservoir system based on the current forecast. Nicole? Thanks, John. As shown on slide 16, the 2018 calendar year runoff forecast for the upper Missouri basin above Sioux City, Iowa, updated on March 1st, is 29.0 million acre feet, which is 115% of average. The runoff forecast considers recent runoff trends, drought and soil moisture conditions, plains and mountain snowpack, and the NOAA Climate Prediction Center's monthly and seasonal temperature and precipitation outlooks. February runoff was 103% of average above Sioux City. Moving on to slide 17, runoff in the Missouri River Basin comes from three components, plain snowpack, mountain snowpack, and rainfall. Typically, plain snowmelt runoff occurs in March and April. On slide 18, the National Weather Service's National Operational Hydrologic Remote Sensing Center, or NORISC, Modeled snow assessment currently indicates the heaviest plain snow water equivalent, or SWE, amounts range from 2 to 8 inches in central and eastern Montana, with a basin-wide average of around 3 inches in both the Fort Peck and Garrison reaches. The rest of the upper basin has much less plain snowpack, ranging from trace to 2 inches of SWE. Let's move on to slide 19. By March 1st, mountain snowpack is a good indicator of May, June, and July runoff. However, as the snowpack reaches its peak accumulation, better runoff forecasts can be made. On March 5th, the mountain snowpack was 130% of average in the reach above Fort Peck Dam and 136% of average in the reach between Fort Peck Dam and Garrison Dam. The snowpack in both reaches is very comparable to where it was at this time of year in 2011, but much less than it was in 1997, and still well below where the snowpack ultimately peaked in either year. Normally, 79% of the eventual peak snowpack is accumulated by March 1st. The mountain snowpack usually peaks in mid-April. Focusing on the March to April runoff season, we're expecting runoff to be above average for the Fort Peck and Garrison reaches as the plain snowpack melts. The forecast for May through July runoff in the Fort Peck and Garrison reaches, the two reaches that are affected by mountain snowpack, is mostly influenced by the above average mountain snowpack in both reaches, as well as the above normal precipitation outlook for Montana and the current soil moisture content. For the lower four reaches, Owyhee to Sioux City, we're forecasting near-average runoff for the March to July period based on plain snowpack, soil moisture conditions, precipitation outlooks, and current runoff trends. 
In summary, our annual runoff forecast is 29.0 million acre-feet, or 115% of average. Now Mike will discuss the March Reservoir System Regulation Studies. Okay, thanks, Nicole. On January 15th, the reservoir system storage reached 56.1 million acre-feet at the base of the annual flood control zone. Uh, as John mentioned earlier, this means that all the stored 2017 floodwaters have been evacuated from the system. Currently, the system storage is at 56.4 million acre-feet, or 0.3 million acre-feet into the 16.3 million acre-feet of available flood storage. Releases from Gavin's Point are currently 20,000 TFS. Releases will be stepped up beginning on or around March 19th to provide flow support for the 2018 navigation season. The navigation season will open on April 1st at the mouth near St. Louis. The monthly reservoir studies for the basic simulation use the runoff forecast that Nicole just discussed. Uh, the monthly studies for the basic simulation use the runoff uh, forecast that Nicole just discussed. Due to the amount of variability in precipitation and other hydrologic factors that can occur over the next several months, we also develop an upper and lower runoff that are then used in the upper and lower basic simulations. These simulations provide a range of reservoir elevations and releases that may be expected under the different runoff scenarios. The discussion to follow will focus on the basic or most likely runoff forecast. Information on the other runoff simulations is posted on our web page. Turning to slide 22 and looking at the upper three reservoirs, under the most likely forecast, Fort Peck Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 2242.1, or 8.1 feet into the 16-foot flood pool, which extends from 2234 to 2250. Peak releases are expected to average about 12,000 CFS this summer. Garrison Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1846, 8.5 feet into the 16.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1837.5 to 1854. Peak releases are expected to average about 35,000 CFS this summer. Oahe Reservoir is expected to peak near elevation 1614.7, 7.2 feet into the 12.5 foot flood pool, which extends from elevation 1607.5 to 1620. Peak releases are expected to average about 32,000 CFS this summer. On to slide 23. The navigation service level is used to determine releases from Gavin's Point Dam to support navigation and to help provide an eight to nine foot deep navigation channel downstream. The navigation service level at the start of the navigation season is based on the March 15th system storage. We are now within a few days of March 15th and it is likely that flow support for navigation will be full service. Flows for this level of service are designed to provide a nine-foot deep navigation channel, with Gavin's Point releases expected to range from the upper 20,000 CFS to the low 30,000 CFS range this summer, depending on downstream conditions, and releases will be reduced in response to downstream flooding. However, the effectiveness of the reservoir system to reduce peak stages along the lower river diminishes as you move downstream due to the travel time. 
The service level for the remainder of the navigation season and the navigation season length are based on the July 1st system storage. Under the basic forecast, flow support for navigation will be full service after the July 1st storage check and a full eight-month navigation season would be provided. In terms of energy generation at the main stem dams for 2018, under the basic simulation, uh, generation is 11.2 billion kilowatt hours. This compares to the long-term average of approximately 9.3 billion kilowatt hours. And then slide 24. Uh, this shows the Missouri River Basin weekly update, which is found on our website at the address shown on the top of the slide. This webpage gives a general overview of the current conditions in the Missouri River Basin and is updated weekly, usually on Tuesday morning. Uh, that concludes my comments. I'll turn it back to John. Thank you, Mike. Uh, in summary, uh, we have started the 2018 runoff season with a full flood control capacity of the Missouri River Reservoir System. Uh, we'll continue to monitor the conditions in the basin and we'll make any necessary release adjustments as the spring unfolds. As Eileen mentioned earlier, we will have no scheduled CODEL call in April due to our spring AOP meetings. I encourage you to uh, attend these meetings if possible. Slide 25 shows the dates and times of those meetings. Uh, there's more detailed information on the meeting locations that was included in today's press release. Uh, that concludes the Corps of Engineers' remarks. Thank you very much, and it's back to you, Eileen. Thanks, John. Uh, the next slide uh, provides the contacts, uh, speakers from today's call. And we're going to open the, the field up for questions. Remember that you need to press star six to come off mute. We'll start with Iowa. If there are any members of the congressional delegation, tribes, state officials, or local government, or members of the press. Okay, we'll move to Kansas. Okay, any questions from Missouri? Star six to come off mute. Montana? Nebraska? North Dakota? South Dakota? I had a question from North Dakota. Okay, uh, your name please? John Johnson, I'm the uh, plans chief for the North Dakota Department of Emergency Services, Homeland Security Division. All right, thank you. Go ahead. Just jumping back on um, one of the slides that Mr. Lowe uh, briefed, he said uh, on the fifth bullet, um, the uh, basically uh, making reference to the Plains uh, states there as far as flooding. Um, the Dakotas sometimes are and sometimes aren't considered in the Plains. So I'm just kind of wondering... Uh, if we were included in that assessment. And it is, uh, the specific bullet was very dry conditions should limit extent and severity of springtime flooding in the plains. And that's what I was wondering. Slide 13. Kevin, if you're still out there, star six to come off mute to respond. I'm very sorry. I was uh, placed on mute again. Uh, yeah, good question. And I do include uh, both North and South Dakota in that assessment. Uh, the um, um, 
risk for flooding is uh, being considered as being reduced in both North and South Dakota. Yeah, and that matches uh, the, what in the, the Missouri level. Basin. In the Missouri Basin. Right, <clears throat> and that kind of matches what's been coming out of our hydrology shop over at the uh, the uh, Bismarck office. So, uh -huh. thanks. Yep. Very good question. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any other questions from the state of North Dakota? Yeah. I don't have any. I don't know if any any others are on the line though. Okay. Thanks. All right. We'll move on. South Dakota. Hey, Eileen, this is Jerry Oster, W1AX in Yankton. Great. Thank you. Go ahead. I had a question here. I'm uh, talking about the uh, expected runoff of 29 million acre feet, and there's 16 million acre feet uh, storage space available. Obviously, flows are going to have to continue. I think Mike touched on that and talked about flows from Gavin's upper 20s to low 30s. Is that going to be sufficient for all season? Do you anticipate uh, perhaps needing higher flows? Uh, yeah, this is Mike Swenson. Um, generally, uh, that will do it for the summer. We do currently in the basic simulation show some slightly higher releases in the fall to complete the evacuation of the water. Those are roughly in the well, 40, about 40,000 CFS range um, on our basic simulation. So the other question I had here, too, Senator Rounds has sent a letter to uh, core management uh, concerned about the management plan, also concerned about the monitoring system. I don't know if John Remus can talk about that. He wanted an update on the snowpack and drought monitoring program, which is authorized. He said uh, authorized the core in 2016 to implement it and, you know, worried about the status of that, Should, you know, what, what kind of information is available this year from that program, if any. Yeah, that's John Remus. The uh, snowpack and soil moisture monitoring program that was authorized by Congress uh, has not been funded by Congress. So we've not uh, implemented any new uh, data collection system uh, in the basin. We do have uh, people out that are taking snow surveys that are actually monitoring the, uh, the plain snowpack, uh, people that are gathering samples out there and, and measuring that for us, but it's not uh, the comprehensive uh, program that uh, was authorized by the, the word up. Would it be fair to say that there, there's better monitoring in place than there was in 2011 at this point, you know, for a perhaps quicker reaction? Yes. yes. With the system you talked about there or, you know, more? With our, with our, with the, the snow surveys that we are gathering, uh, the on-the-ground the snow surveyors, it's just not an automated or network-type system. Okay. And another question I had, too, was in terms of the forecast as we're looking with the La Nina fading, and it's, you know, we've had, we had seven, eight inches of snow here overnight, heavy, wet snow. Uh, you know, the blizzard hit most of South Dakota, so that's going to change the numbers a little bit. With the, the forecast of looks like cooler spring, wetter spring, you know, how much is it going to take to change those numbers down the road to where, you know, the, the numbers, the runoff is going to jump significantly? Well, as Mike said, we uh, we do an upper basic and a lower basic uh, simulation. And uh, even with our upper basic, which is uh, captures all but the 10% highest runoff, uh, we still would uh, not be as... Uh, our discharges out of the system would not be as, as much as they were out of, in 1997. I mean, they'd be a lot less 
than 2011. And that's with uh, the, the moisture we have on the ground plus uh, a, a high runoff for the rest of the year. So, uh, and we'll, we're, we're going to monitor that, and if uh, we need to make changes, we'll make the changes. But right now, even under the upper basic condition, we're not uh, going to be anywhere near 2011. Okay, thanks. This is Tom Deering with Morton County, North Dakota. Okay, thank you. Uh, I think I missed it. What were the projected releases from Garrison this summer? Uh, yeah, our projected releases from Garrison are 35,000 CFS this summer. Fairly similar, summer. similar to what you had last summer, yes. Okay, thank you. Okay, anyone else from South Dakota? Remember star six to come off mute. Moving on to Wyoming. Okay, and uh, any members of the national press? Or any final questions before we adjourn? Okay, the next call is scheduled for 1 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday, May 8th. We appreciate your participation today and hope to see you for our public meetings next month. Thank you.